What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, college football preview. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Wise Money Sports online, wisemoneysports.com. Professional portfolio almost every day of the week. A couple days in there that they're passing on games. But what it is, it's a collective portfolio put together by professionals for you, the better. Online, wisemoneysports.com. On Twitter, at wisemoneysports. All right, so uh, like we do every Wednesday, I'm going to uh, play back a portion of College Football Weekly, a show that I am on, hosted by Will Chambers, and we go through this weekend's slate of college football games. So let's waste no more time. Get right into it. Ohio State being on by, Alabama's on by, LSU's on by. you got a lot of good teams with bye weeks. Penn State's on a bye week. So I don't love this slate, but we're still going to give out. I think we got five games here. so And we'll start off with one that... No one's going to want to watch <laughs> Rutgers at Illinois. Why this game, Will? Why are, why are we talking about this? I'll tell you why. Obviously, nobody wants to watch it. <laughs> you can bet this and still not watch it, by the way. That's what I'm going to be doing. Illinois may not be a good team, but Rutgers is awful. Rutgers Uh-oh. is Rutgers. They are 126. <laughs> Rutgers is Rutgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they fired their coach, Chris Ash, after they got blown out by Michigan. I heard he was on fire, though. <sighs> hey <laughs> well, if he was Ash, he had already gone out, but oh. he was roasted either way. He got you can't burnt. just ever let those jokes breathe, can nope, you, Will? I can't. The dad <laughs> jokes kill me, Tyler. Uh, Rutgers, 126th in scoring on offense, 122nd in points against for defense. Uh, their combined score, they played five Big Ten opponents this year. The combined score in those games, all of which they've lost, by the way, 207 to 14. <laughs> oh, God. That's not good. That's not good at all. Meanwhile, Illinois actually doing pretty good by their standards. They beat Wisconsin two weeks ago in that epic upset. Uh, They're ranked almost smack dab in the middle in the national rankings for points per game on offense and defensive scoring. They're right around 60. They're 4-4, and and they got two consecutive wins now against Wisconsin and Purdue. I think that when you look at Illinois, they're looking to get bowl eligible for the first time in years. Lovey Smith may be trying to save his job. I don't know. And so if they're 4-4... and uh, they're going to beat Rutgers. Let's just say that. Covering is a different story. But that puts them at 5-4. and four. Then they just need one more win. And you look at their schedule. The only one that's winnable left on their schedule is at Michigan State, which would be an upset. But they beat Wisconsin. They could maybe beat Michigan State. And so I think that that's on their minds. They're saying, we got to get things going on offense. we got to have a good showing here. Let's get tuned up before we go and play these last three games. Try to get bowl eligible. Brandon Peters is back and healthy at quarterback. He's looked really good for them. Their defense hasn't been terrible. Like I said, they're right in the middle of the pack nationally when it comes to offense and defense. And then you look at Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers, they're getting blown out by everybody. They can't score points. They're one of the worst teams in the country. They obviously have nothing to motivate them here. (laughs) Even being, uh, you know, they're they're on the road at Illinois. To travel for a bunch of kids that aren't motivated, that know they're going to get their asses kicked, and it's only a 21-point spread. Rutgers is, is losing games by more than that right now. So I like Illinois here. Laying the 21 points. It's the first time. I never thought I'd say that, that I'm picking Illinois laying 21 points in a game. But my really, it's all about how terrible Rutgers is. I have faith that they're going to suck. But it's, it's, it's two-sided also because, yes, Rutgers is very bad. We know that. But there's also a propensity for them to quit. You look at a lot of these games, their offense just stops playing. Defense puts the second string in, and they can't. They're worse than the first stringers, obviously. 
So I think what's going to happen here is you're going to get a motivated Illinois team who's still playing for something. Like you mentioned, they're still bowl eligible. Even though they may or may not win these last couple games, they have a good tangible target in mind this year. And I think that means a lot for a big spread like this. Do they have a an incentive to run it up? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. And even if they don't have a real incentive to be assholes and run it up, it's what's going to happen throughout the, the course of the game where Illinois is going to want to fight the whole 60 minutes and Rutgers will have a propensity, as I said, to quit. Rutgers straight up is 2-17 in their last 19 games. So kind of like you, I'm echoing what you said, Will, that they're not going to win this game. It's just, can they cover that spread? Right. But Illinois, they're playing good football. <clears throat> you go back and look at their schedule this year, I can't find that one game where you go, Lovey Smith, you idiot, how can you do X, Y, and Z? I mean, they lost pretty big to Illinois, or to uh, Minnesota, but Minnesota's the number 13 team. In, in, in the, yeah, they're good. Minnesota's they're undefeated. They're really good right now. It, that came out of Rolled nowhere. They put 25 uh, points up against Michigan. They lost to Nebraska by four points. Nebraska's a pretty good team in the in, in, in the Big Ten. Uh, they took uh, uh, Wisconsin to the very end, beat them by one. Last week's win against Purdue was a statement win. Well, this team is playing very good football at the right time in the season, and that's what you have to look for. Teams peaking at the end of the year. I think that they think they can make a bowl game. They have motivation to make this a big spread, and once they get going, I could see Illinois covering too. So... I'm on your side of the fence. Okay. Wow. I can't believe that I actually I know, got weird, you to right? do that one. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't watch the game. I'm not telling anyone out there to watch it. Maybe just track it on your phone if you're playing a bet. Can I? No one wants to watch. Can I watch it if I want to? <laughs> For those that can't see, I have a gun to his head right now. <laughs> you have to watch it, Tyler. I'm okay. gonna force you to watch it. No, I won't be watching it, but I will track it on my phone. I'm gonna lay that bet. Next up, Oregon minus five going on the road to Los Angeles at Southern Cal. Ducks are looking for another solid win on their resume. They still kind of have hopes of sneaking into that into the playoffs. So they can get, you know, one of those uh, playoff hopefuls to lose a game. Maybe they have a chance. And on the other side, Trojans are five and three, and they're coming off two straight wins against Arizona and Colorado. I still think USC is kind of overachieving by what people expected them to do this year. Uh, Clay Helton still kind of playing for his job even though it does seem like the writing is on the wall and then he's probably going to get fired regardless of what happens even still Southern Cal they're playing with fight and to me this game th this game comes down to can Oregon's defense keep Keaton Slovis and the Trojans off the board since getting Keaton, Keaton Slovis back from injury the Trojans they've been scoring in bunches SC's been a far better team at home and on the road they get Oregon at home here I think that when you look at motivation for this game, Oregon wants this game more, and they need it more if they want to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, look, I think that USC's defense, statistically, they're not great, but they have plenty of talent. They're bound to show up one week. And so, I don't know. This game, I, I'm wary to pick either side here. It's, it seems to me like Oregon minus five is the easy play, but I'm a little bit nervous about it. This almost feels kind of like a trap game for yeah. them. We yeah. saw Utah go on the road and lose at Southern Cal earlier this year, a game where Utah was favored. But then you look at the game total for this, 61.5. I like the over here. I think Southern Cal can score on this Oregon defense. Oregon's defense has been very good, but it's been a little bit susceptible to teams that can throw the ball a lot. We saw Washington State score some points on them. Uh, we've seen uh, the Huskies. The Huskies scored some points on them as well through the air. And so I think that Southern Cal can score some points here. I think they'll likely score around 30 points. Then you just need Oregon to score 30 or more. I think that happens. So I'm leaning the over here, 61 and a half. I don't see that kind of a game at all. I like Oregon here. And really? I started digging in, and I go, wait a minute. Didn't I handicap this game last week? Oh, yeah. It was the Penn State-Michigan State game. This has 
so many similarities when you start looking at the style of offenses the recent history again the the the, the most the, the past matchups this is a great offense going against, a, I think, a suspect defense. I think USC has had a pretty good year so far. This is where they really get exposed. Oregon goes on the road. I think Oregon puts up over 40 points. Well, getting your over-under is going to have nothing to do with the Ducks. It's all about USC, and I believe in this Oregon defense. Nine injuries right now on the Oregon Ducks team. Only two of those on the defensive side. They're healthy. They came into the season with the highest expectations, I think, of anybody in the Pac-12, and that is proving to be true. Last week's shocking game, I think, wakes this defense up. Even though the offensive caliber team this this week compared to last week in, in Washington State, I think it takes three or four notches down. USC can't move the football. I think they get frustrated at home. I think we hear some boo birds in L.A., and I think the Oregon Ducks blow USC out on the road. Wow, that's a big statement. Yeah. So you like you put a lot of faith in Oregon's defense. Though. Yeah, and I would also lean to USC's uh, team total under. If the over-under is 63-64, that means USC's team total is going to be right around 28-and-a-half, and Oregon's is going to be around 33-and-a-half or so, 34-and-a-half. So I would go under 28-and-a-half with USC. If it's 27-and-a-half or 28 uh, then it's, it's questionable. But if you can get that hook over 28, I like under team total uh, USC as well. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think that I, – look, I think Oregon is clearly – well, maybe not clearly. I think they're one of the best teams in the Pac-12. I think uh, Utah is looking a lot better these last few weeks. But I still – when I watch Oregon play, there's something about the occasional uh, – sometimes they just don't pass the eye test. It's not something I can put my finger on. It's not something I can quantify. But when I watch them play, I think – I know Justin Herbert is this great arm, but he doesn't throw the ball deep very much. They get a lot of yards after catch in, in the passing game. He's hitting guys But that's on just how it's routes. designed sometimes. I think that you get one of these quick-hitting offenses like the 49ers run or the Patriots run where you just get the ball out so fast. Herbert doesn't have to throw the ball deep downfield. I think... And I agree, he hasn't looked like the number one overall pick, but I think sometimes you want to see these guys make those NFL throws, and they don't have to at Oregon. Plus, I, I want to put a few stats out there for last week. We see this close game, and I think a lot of people are hesitant to bet on Oregon because of last week, and what we have seen, frankly, the last couple weeks from them, but they struggled with these recent matchups. Specifically, let's focus on the Cougars last week. They'd never done well against the Cougars. They were 0-4 the last four times they played Washington State. And the last nine times Oregon played WSU, they were 0-9 against the spread, Will. Wow. So, yes, they didn't cover against Washington State, but... Frankly, if I would have done a little more homework and, and, and looking in deeper for Oregon, those stats would have scared me away. So that's a, a team they had beat the last four times. You know, it was getting to a half decade. That shows a lot to me that Oregon can change the style that, that they were in, doing in the past and really fin finally kind of break through. So I have a lot of positive things from this Oregon defense. The offense, I don't think it has to be that great. I believe they break USC's will. I think they hit a couple, you know, 70-yard passes and just kind of toy with USC here. I think Justin Herbert has a huge day. Yeah, I just, look, there's something about playing at USC. It seems like they're a really good team at home. It's a tough place to go on the road to. Like I said, Oregon, they don't, I don't have a ton of faith on it, but you look at, at their recent history, USC won the last year, uh, last time they played in 2016, that was in Los Angeles. USC beat them 45-20, but four out of the last five years before that, they were all Oregon wins. And uh, a lot of them were blowouts. I mean, I'm looking at this at the scores here. Only one of them was a one-score game yeah. uh, when you're talking about those those well, four out of five wins. And you have a lot of motivation. Like you mentioned, Oregon still, at least they think they can maybe backdoor their way into the playoffs. Right. And USC, we've seen them fight for Clay Helton, but what happens when they go down 20 points at home? And I think there's a good chance that Oregon gets up by 20, and if so, the wheels could come off. So... It's a big part of my handicap, and I just think this offense really, really struggles. I think USC's offense struggles more than 
Oregon's offense thrives. That's why I don't really love the over-under one way or another, um, but I do like Oregon. Okay, fair enough. So you're on Oregon. I Minus like the over. Yeah, four and a half or five, either one. Okay, and I like uh, the over, 61, 61 and a half, right around there. Next game up, Kansas State at Kansas. The battle is this. I wonder if there's a name for this rivalry. The battle for the what is Kansas known for? Uh, they're known for the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. Maybe it's the battle for the uh, sparkly red witch's shoes. Hey, oh, I like that. <laughs> we might have just made a new rivalry <laughs> trophy up. Uh, this game is is being played in Lawrence. That's at Kansas. So K State going traveling a few hours down the road from Manhattan to Lawrence. K State a five point favorite on the road. This seems a little trappy to me. This, this line kind of reeks. When you look at how yeah, well Kansas State played against Oklahoma last week, who we all agree is one of the best teams in the country. Before that game, they had a really good defense. And for them to only... I kind of expected this line to be closer to 10, 11 points for Kansas State. And I know it's like an in-state game, but is it really a rivalry? Is K-State-Kansas, has that been... Well, it's 0-10 the last 10 games exactly. they played. I mean, so. I, know, I know that... I think it's a huge rivalry now that Les Miles... I think what we sh- I think the main point of this game, Will, we should say, how much does Les Miles impact everything? What's Les Miles' factor? How much is he worth in the, in, in the books? Because if we agree that Les Miles is meaningless in this game, and yeah, he's going to add a little motivation, I think Kansas State should be our uh, a, 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 an absolute play. If Les Miles does add that, look, this is a brand new team, brand new program, this is not the Kansas of old, I guarantee you the stadium is going to be packed. And they're going to see it as a rivalry. You think so? You think oh, they'll pack the house in oh, Kansas? I think they will, man. <laughs> I think this is going to be a real big game for that program. Biggest game in years for the Kansas program. Maybe even five years or so since they were playing big games at the end of the year Maybe with Mangino. Was it Mangino? Mangino, was they had... Uh, God, they've had so many bad... But Charlie Weiss. They yeah, were you're pretty right. good for a couple years there. This is the biggest game since that era right. of Kansas football. So I can't answer it because it's not one of my better bets, but... If you, if you start to and we record this late on uh, on uh, Tuesday, so if through the week you start to pick up on things and there's more less miles, go get them, and there's a raw raw around Kansas and you feel this real energy, there could be value towards the Jayhawks here. I just don't know enough of is less miles worth that much? Can he motivate this team combined with put together a game plan to stop Kansas State? If there's one thing I know this year, it's the Kansas State isn't just winning; they're looking good doing it. So it's not like this is some facade and they're going go to go to, to Kansas and, and, and lose. If the Jayhawks win, or more importantly, cover, they're going to have to earn this one. And I guess what I'm saying is, there's a lot of ways I could see Kansas State covering this spread. There's only a few ways I could see the Jayhawks covering this thing, and they're going to have to come and play their best football. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, to me, the only thing that scares me—you talked about it—was that Les Miles. That you know, he definitely brings a a sense of professionalism and experience. And he's that guy. How many coaches have come in there before where the players go, "Can this guy really get us there?" Right. And they've already shown. I mean, Kansas—they they squeaked out a crazy win last week against Texas Tech. The end of the game, by the way, I just have to talk about this was insane. So, Texas Tech had a. A, f- a field goal. I think it was like a 40-yard f- field goal chance to win it. It was a tie game. I believe it was 35-35 with like 10 seconds to go. Texas Tech is kicking the field goal. Uh, or excuse, excuse me, Kansas is kicking the field goal to win. Okay. Texas Tech blocks it, right? The ball bounces around. A Texas Tech player picks it up, and he's trying to return it. And he doesn't make it very far. He's really just running sideline to sideline at this point. And he goes to lateral it to someone who's not even there. He's thinking like, oh, we can win this game. If I lateral it, we can get a touchdown. And a Kansas player then falls on it. 
So it the possession <laughs> changed. So <laughs> even God. though it was fourth down before, <laughs> there's only down. eight seconds left, and now they have a, ch- a chance to kick it again. It's even a shorter kick, and then Kansas makes the field goal. Brutal way Get to lose for Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the crazier ways endings to a game I've seen. <laughs> That's so, nuts. I think Kansas is only three and five right now, but even still, I think that the players, just to get back to my point, is that they believe in Les Miles and they know that, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. He won a national championship at LSU. Uh, if, if we do what this guy says, good things will happen. They're scoring a ton of points. They almost beat Texas, for God's sake. Yeah. And so, even though, like, I look at K State and they're having a great season, they're five and two. Uh, their only two losses, they're good losses. They lost at Oklahoma State in week four. And then they lost to Baylor, who's an undefeated team right now. Or actually, Baylor may have lost. I can't re- uh, lose last week. I, they do have one loss, but I'll check it okay. right now. Um, either way, those are good losses for Kansas. And spe- I mean, they beat, or excuse me, for Kansas State, they beat TCU, they beat Oklahoma, they beat. They went on the road at Mississippi State and won that. Kansas State's a tough team. I love their coach, Chris Kleiman, who this is his first year, by the way. He came over from uh, North Dakota State or South Dakota State, the FCS program where he won multiple national championships. So I almost feel like you give the coaching edge to him, even though it's against Les Miles, because this guy still knows how to win. It's still well, football. But, but, but that is the pure X's and O's, and that's my point is I think that's baked into the line, right? How good that Kansas State football coach is, what what Kansas State's going to do, that's all known knowledge kind of. Like, you know right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, is this making sure. sense? So my point is if we can quantify how much is less worth, that's going to get us a lot closer to this game. But you're right. Like this coach... He kind of has the X's nose edge, which is weird For to sure. say over Les Miles, but I think you're you're right there. This guy's good. He's really good. Chris yeah. Kleiman's great, and I wonder if if another program will be able to pluck him away from there eventually. But he's doing a great job, and so everything like in my brain is telling me hammer K State here. If they're only minus five, this line hasn't moved. But once again, it's a stinky line, and this goes back to a pick I gave earlier in the year where I said this is a trap line. And it seems too good to be true, and I took it anyway, and I called it my dumb brain pick, and it was Michigan going on the ro- Michigan State going on the road to Northwestern, and Michigan State covered, even though I thought Northwestern would keep it close. And this is the same thing. I can't help it. I can't resist. I'm going to be taking K State minus five here, and I also like the over. By the way, the over is 57 and a half. I think you'll see both teams score here. We've seen Kansas be able to score on lots of teams, even some with you know semi decent defenses. They scored. Uh, I'm looking at Kansas's record right now. They put up 37 points against Texas Tech. They put up 50 against Texas. They put up 20 against Oklahoma. Uh, you know their offense is, is just kind of humming. It's it's they're scoring more and more points, doing better as as the season goes on. They scored 48 on the road at Boston College. So you give me this over 57 and a half, and give me K State minus five. Those are my two picks. Kansas State, or excuse me, Kansas all year long has been giving up early points and having to battle back. They haven't been able to really score quickly. They were down 14-3 in the in, in the Texas game. I believe that was 21-3 before Kansas started scoring. Um, last week, they were down early in the first quarter when they played uh, TCU. I mean, they gave up a lot of those points early, uh, the majority of the points. They only, they only allowed 13 points when they played TCU in the second half, right. and they gave up 51 total. So I think what, I, what my play would be here is after all the less mile stuff and like I said it's hard for me to quantify that so this isn't necessarily a bettable game for me but what I would do is wait till it's live and I know this may be getting a little bit complex but Will you do some live betting right? A little yeah well, if I see some value I don't do it a ton yeah, but li- yeah. live betting is where you just look at I mean on most of the websites or 
uh, even sports books that a lot of people use nowadays, it's easy. Just you know, go on with, when there's a game going on, and it's usually easy to find. And, and there's a live line during the game. So if a team gets up by a certain amount of points, the line will adjust based on what's happening during the game. I could see Kansas State getting up early here, 14 nothing, 17 nothing, and then the Jayhawks battling back and uh, and at least making it someone close to the end of the game. So let's say it is 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter or at the start of the second quarter. So I bet you could probably get a live line instead of Kansas uh, instead of Kansas State minus five. It'll probably be Kansas State minus 14, 16 around there. And I feel much better taking the Jayhawks plus 14 live, even if they're down points because they've shown me this year they can come back. So I would stay away, make the live play on uh, Kansas. But this is a like for you, Will, so I'm not going to get in your way if it's a like. Yeah, I like the over and I like K-State there. Yeah. Next game see, up. It, see, it seems like the right play. <clears throat> yeah, but once again, it, it <laughs> seems too good to be true. If I get burned, I'm going to be coming in here next week saying, man, I'm so stupid. Yeah, I did it again. Yeah. So uh, You're going to say, oops, I did it again. <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> uh, next, next week, or next game up. <laughs> you threw, uh, you uh, threw me off I with a Britney Spears, Spears <laughs> reference there. Uh, I got my mind going. Uh, Georgia versus Florida. I believe they dubbed this game the largest outdoor cocktail party, Which? I believe. They've never been to one of my uh, outdoor events, one of my backyard parties. I think it's kind of cool because the whole deal with this game is everyone dresses up really nice, and it, like that's the whole thing. It's the cocktail party. Ah. Everyone kind of dresses up somewhat nice for the game. It's neutral, by the way. The game is in Jacksonville. It's where they play it every year. Uh, this is a real rivalry here, Georgia and Florida. So Georgia, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Georgia, six-and-one. Florida, seven-and-one. And to me, this game is all about the resume. So early in the year when I go through games, I really like to look at – you know, last year's results plus how many starters they have. Did they make any coaching changes? Things like that. I, I like to look at it a lot like that. But once you get to this point in the season, I think that you can rely a little heavier on what have they done this year? What is what what are their what does their resume look like? Do they have common opponents? Things like that. And to me, the resume is all in Florida's favor. Florida's got a much stronger resume. Georgia's best win was six points at home against Notre Dame, a team that Michigan just blew out in a goddamn hurricane. So their one loss, by the way terrible they lost at home to south carolina who is not a good team by the way south carolina just lost tennessee they lost north carolina they are a bad team and by the way when they beat georgia they were on their third string quarterback florida on the other hand they beat auburn at home they beat south carolina there's a common opponent and they did it handily and their only loss is to currently number one ranked lsu yeah. and, and by the way they played a close game against lsu for three quarters lsu just kind of pulled away at the end there it was it was a really great game and when you look at this game, both of these teams know what's at stake. The SEC East and a chance to make the playoff. I mean, if they, if either of these teams, it's still alive for both these teams. We may not be talking about them much for the playoff, but if they can win their division and then go to the SEC championship game, maybe beat Alabama or LSU, they're in the playoff if they yeah. win the SEC. So both these guys know the stakes. And when you, when you talk about that, when you talk about the resume that Florida's looked I think like the better team. I think Kyle Trask has been a really solid quarterback for them in relief for Felipe Franks, who I didn't like, by the way. And then you look at, like, who would you give the coaching edge to this one in, Tyler? Would you give it to Dan Mullen or to, to Kirby Smart? I, I mean, this is an interesting one. I'm not the biggest fan of Kirby Smart, but I think he has a slight edge here. Dan Mullen still, I like Dan Mullen, but for some reason I have a hard time putting him on that level. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's he funny because we've talked about Dan Mullen in the past, and it seems like you're, he's just a guy you're not very high on. No. And I think that he's proven me wrong this year. but He's I, proven a lot of people wrong. Yeah. I think it, the, it's hard to – we all put on those blinders of, well, what did you do at Mississippi State? But that's mm. a lot different than the talent you get at Florida. And 
I'm just stuck on his personality, which is the stupidest thing. And, and I understand that that's something you can't be stuck on. But he doesn't seem like the kind of coach. You know me, Will. I like types of yeah. people, types of coaches. He doesn't seem like the type of coach that can win the huge games. They, they can win this game. And right. So you know, Kirby Smart, to me, is more analytic. He's going to play show up better in games like this. Yeah. Yeah, know? see, I so think I, I, I give a slight nod to... Georgia. I think I give the coaching edge a slight one to Dan Mullen, but I think I give the yeah. talent edge to Georgia. I think Georgia's they've got a higher ceiling. When they're at their best, I think they're one of the best teams in the country, but right. we just haven't seen it this year. They haven't been that way. And I think Florida is still undervalued. And I think this game, I think the spread should be closer. I think it should I think it should be more like 3 points, maybe even less than that. I think these are these are fairly even teams. And so, if you're going to give me the team that I think has shown to be better so far this year, and five and a half points, I'm taking Florida all day. And I never thought I'd say that before the season. Yeah, I know you were low on Florida to begin with. For sure. But I mean, Very they've low. looked good. Um, I like the under in this game. This screams under Ooh. to me. I see both defenses showing up in this 47? Is that the number? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw, yeah, we'll go 47. Okay. I, I saw 48, but we'll be conservative with it. Um, uh, look, I, I think that this is a classic SEC championship, winner takes all, loser leaves town kind of game. This is a – both these defenses, by the way, I think are a little bit underrated. And that's saying something for a Georgia defense. And Georgia loses one game, and it's like no one's talking about them. They suddenly fall off the face of the earth. It was They're, to South Carolina, but yeah. It was to South Carolina. They're still fifth in the country in rushing yards allowed. A lot of uh, defensive efficiency stats have Georgia in the top ten. I think they frustrate Florida this game. But I'm not saying the Georgia offense has any more luck. I think this is a classic, low-scoring game, 17-14, one of those 2017 games. Kind of like uh, how the Notre Dame-Georgia game was. Yeah, similar, similar, to to that. similar to that, except you know, defense is on a bit of a, the next level. I think we can probably agree that Florida's got a very, very underrated defense, and I trust them to get after Jake Fromm to get after this Georgia offense, and we know Georgia wants to run the football, right? That's yeah. kind of what they do. So I think that the clock is going to play into this too as well. Florida, we know the what's been going on at quarterback there this year, but still they want to establish a running game. The way these two teams play, the the dominating defense, give me a classic SEC under here. All right, I like it. Uh, Tyler likes the under forty seven. I like Florida plus five and a half in the largest outdoor cocktail party. What's your cocktail of choice Tyler I'm not a huge cocktail guy but when I do I mean whiskey and in seven up man I'm, I'm easy oh you seven know, and seven kind of guy I'm real easy yeah interesting what about you um look I changed it up I, I I like a good cocktail I don't drink a lot but I do like a good cocktail I think that right the one I've been good getting after a lot right now is uh vodka sodas a vodka okay. soda with like a like a little lime in there, a slice of lime. Yeah, yeah low calorie. You know, you know me. My I do I do beers though. Beach season coming up in about seven <laughs> months, yeah. so I got to watch my figure. Low calorie cocktail like that. I like beers. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You're a beer guy. Yeah. Not really That's cocktail. Cool. The what I'll do the most for cocktail. I tell you what. You give me a good cocktail sauce. Whew, I will eat that all day with some shrimp. I love cocktail sauce. You'll eat the cocktail sauce with some shrimp. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the exactly. important way. Exactly. Only if there's shrimp will you have <laughs> yeah. the cocktail well, sauce. Or anything else the cocktail sauce goes good on. But Tyler's I mean, there. He's, he's eating for? spoonfuls of cocktail <laughs> sauce <laughs> with the occasional shrimp. What else do you use cocktail sauce for besides shrimp? <laughs> that's a really good question. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had it with anything else. No, I'm not. Is that a racket? You think all the shrimp people own all the cocktail <laughs> sauce <laughs> <laughs> businesses? I wouldn't doubt it. You know, it's the first. Maybe we did come across a conspiracy theory on 
No, we should we should look into that. Let's if any of the it. listeners out there want to do some research for us, help us find out what's going on in this <laughs> shady shrimp and cocktail sauce business. Help us out. Love a good we cocktail sauce. We may have uncovered sauce. something big. Mm. <laughs> Back to the games. Last but not least, Utah on the road at Washington. They go to Seattle. Utah a three-point favorite here. I feel like in the preseason I was all over Utah. And then as the season has gone on, I've kind of been doubting them a lot. And I think a lot of it had to do with their disappointing show at Southern Cal. Even though I picked Southern Cal in that game against the spread, even still, I kind of wanted Utah to prove me wrong. And I wanted them to be a lot better than they are. And look, they're still good. They're they're 7-1. and one. I think they're ranked 10th in the country right now. Uh, if not in the top 10, yeah. Yeah, and if they can go and, and, and you know, they, with USC losing a couple games... Uh, I think they pretty much have the South locked up here if they can just kind of get through the rest of their schedule. But, but, you know, maybe not. If they lose this game, it might come down to that tiebreaker with them in Southern Cal. Either way, Utah has a chance here to go and win the Pac-12. They control their own destiny. And once again, same thing as as Oregon, maybe try to sneak into the playoff if some if we see chaos happening with among the top four. And so they are 7-1. and one. They go at Washington. And... Utah, they've look. They've really impressed me over the last handful of weeks. You look at their uh, their results over the last few weeks. Let me pull up their schedule. I'm having a little trouble with my computer here. Are you looking at Washington? Uh, no, Utah. Sorry, I, I got it right here. But they've been their defense has been consistent all year, and now they're actually their offense is really starting to hit a stride. Uh, they beat they, California, who I know Cal was ranked early in the year, but maybe isn't that great. Still a very good defense. They beat them 35 to nothing. That's a lot of points to score on a Cal defense that is very good. They beat Arizona State at home, and you look at their de- their defense has allowed 10 points the last three weeks, and only 13 the week before that. So they're scoring a lot of points. They scored a lot of Oregon State. They scored on Washington State. I I think that when I'm looking at this game, it's tough to take Utah on the road at Seattle. It's traditionally a very tough place. Washington's been a very good team at home, and man, I, I think that part back of me, and forth, huh? Yeah, part of me is scared to take Utah here, but even still, you look at what Washington has done this year. And they've just been so inconsistent. They they look incredible one week, and and uh, Jacob Eason looks like oh wow they 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 got this transfer guy and he looks amazing. And the next week they look terrible. They're losing to bad teams. They lost to Stanford, who was terrible this year. They just uh, you know they they played Oregon tough, but they lost that game. They lost to Cal early in the year. They've just been up and down. And even though they're traditionally a good team at home, and I don't doubt that Chris Peterson will kind of have them ready for this big game, there's something about this where I look at it and I think this is where Utah put puts their foot down and, and proves to the world, hey, we're the better team here in the Pac-12 South. We're the dominant team. I don't think that they've won. Uh, let me look through uh, their, their history against Washington on the road. They haven't won a game there in a long time. I don't uh, think they have. It's but, uh, straight up, uh, Utah's one in six the last seven. Wow. Yeah. Th- I mean, look, that's once again, this is all kind of making me a little nervous, but there's just something here in my gut that's telling me I think Utah has been the more consistent team, definitely on defense. And now with their offense doing better, Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, they've kind of been a little banged up, but they're still finding a way to score. I think I like Utah here laying the three points. I just think they're the better team. I think Kyle Whittingham is a really good coach. I don't think that he has a coaching advantage over Chris Peterson, but I think it's kind of a stalemate. And so with this game, the data is not telling me enough to lean one way or the other. But my gut is just telling me Utah is going to go in and win this and cover the three-point spread. I think Washington does have a bit of a coaching advantage. And I think the reason Utah is 1-6 against Washington in the last seven games, I would put Utah 
on par, if not a little better than they typically are. But Washington is way worse this year than they typically are. And I still think that Washington at home, that environment, it's going to be too much for Utah to overcome. Giving Utah points here on the road, saying Utah's the favorite, has shown how far we've come this season. But then I really looked at, at the stats, and it's like, I, I, I'm like you, Will. This, this game takes me in a ton of different directions. The handicap does because I want to take Washington. Everything tells me to take Washington. I still kind of lean Washington, but they can't run the ball this year. And if they right. can finally run the football, that to me would uh, it'll allow things for Jacob Eason to work. And I don't think Eason's gotten a fair shot because this offensive line, not as good as advertised. This rushing game, not as good as advertised. They're only running the ball for 172 a, a game. Right. And they do not have a good defensive schedule played. So I don't trust this rushing attack. They're scoring 35 points a game, but as Will said, very inconsistent there. I just don't think they have the offense to keep up with Utah, but I'm not about to spend money on a Utah team that hasn't proven they can beat this uh, program, especially in this stadium. I think it's a coaching mismatch in favor of Utah or of uh, Washington. Excuse me. I'll repeat that. I think it's a coaching uh, uh, advantage in favor of Washington. But there's too many things on both sides. And folks, you don't have to play every single game. I would lean Washington. I actually... If there's one heavy lean that we would have to make, it would be the Huskies this game. I do not trust Utah on the road in this scenario, but this could be their year, and I'm not going to start trying to fade them at this point in the season, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, I think that I think you're right to assume that we, you know, we, in this case, we shouldn't just bet Utah until they prove they can win on the road at Washington. But, you know, Washington traditionally, the last. The last five years under Chris Peterson, they've been such a good home team, and this year it just feels different. They, they lost two home games this year. But one was to Oregon, that yeah, very the, close but, game last And then the other time. one was Cal, and I get that was week two. And, maybe and it was done after that lightning then. delay. Yeah, it was weird. a rain delay. Even still, that just doesn't – something about this Washington team doesn't feel like what we're used to seeing under Chris Peterson. Yeah. And they, you're right. The offensive line hasn't bit lived up to standards. A lot of people talked about them having one of the best offensive lines in the country before the year. Right. They had a bunch of returning starters. They haven't lived up to that. And that matchup against Utah's defensive line, which is incredible. They're really good at creating pressure. Even sometimes without having to blitz, they can create pressure. I really like the Utah defense here. My biggest question mark is the offense, but I just think that this game is going to mean more to Utah. I think they're going to be more motivated because they still have a chance to make the Pac-12 championship game, whereas for Washington, that's that's out the window. They don't have a chance anymore. I think Utah's the more motivated team here. My gut is telling me Utah wins, and honestly could be by two scores or more. If there's one direction I lean for the over-under, it's definitely under. I think both defenses show up here. And the one thing me and Will have just been echoing, well, at least I know it was a big part of mine, is this Washington offense is not the same that, we're, that we've come to expect. And it's really Utah's defense that's gotten this far in the season. Over-under right now that I see is 47.5, Will. Yeah, that's where I had it. I like the under here. And, okay. and if I had to pick a best bet for this game, I would definitely go under. I think both defenses uh, show up. Yeah, fair enough. All right, there we go. Hope you enjoyed that and hope you have a nice week in college football. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.